Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Rugby League Bat Chat from the LD Nutrition Stadium. Cup fever is among us. We've got that to talk about, plus much, much more with our panel of guests, who will be the editor of League Express, Martin Sadler, the general manager in the UK of the Toronto Wolfpack, Martin Vickers, and Wakefield Trinity star, Tinirao Arona. Gents, welcome. Thank you for coming. We have got much to talk about, so let's fire straight in. Martin, I'm going to come to you. We're going to talk about... St. Helens and London first, because this has seemingly become a topic for... Uh, for some fans. For some fans. Yeah, uh, mainly Hel of four other clubs. Yes, uh, St. <laughs> Helens rested a lot of players against the London Broncos. The London Broncos went on to beat them. They are now level on points with Leeds and Hulk out the bottom of the league. Do we have an issue with the fact that St. Helens rested all those players ahead of the Challenge Cup semi-final? Well, did Saints break any rules? I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Um, you know, the, uh, if there is a rule, I think it's that you've just got to pick players from your current 25 registered squad list, mm -hmm. which uh, St. Helens obviously did do. And, and Justin Holbrook has the right to play any players and rest any players that he wants to uh, in that particular context. So, I mean, he obviously thought, uh, as far as I can tell, that the young youngsters he picked could do a job for him at, uh, at London and, 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 and get a win. But London Broncos, you know, we've said it before on this programme several times, that London Broncos are no mugs. They've shown it time and time again. Uh, everybody thought that by this time they'd be tailed off in relegation fodder. The other four clubs who are now in that relegation battle, you know, much to their horror, have discovered that that was a misperception mm -hmm. of London Broncos. And it, it makes for a tremendously exciting season. So, you know, uh, tough on them. But I'm afraid they can't really do or say much about what uh, St. Helens did. And I think what they ought to do is actually congratulate London on being so competitive. Tinny, Rao, you were obviously in a slightly different position where you're not wanting London <laughs> to win games. What, what's the players' take on it? When you saw the, the squad that Saints were putting out, were you, were you angry or do you just think that they've got every right to do it? Yeah, the way I see it is, um, you know, if they weren't playing London Broncos, would we be talking about it? You know, if there was another team, Unfortunately, you know, um, St. Helens being in London has put a few teams into, uh, put a bit of pressure on them. So, you know, on my point of view, I think they're probably learning from what, um, from last year. I've spoken to a couple of mates of mine that play over there and they said that, you know, they just, they want to be ready come grand final or come those final games um, and learn from last year where they probably weren't ready, you know, last year compared to this year. So. Hopefully they'll learn their lesson um, this year. And I think that's what they're trying to do is be ready, freshened and win those big games when it counts. We'll talk about uh, the clubs that are involved and are impacted by that result a little bit later on. Martin, from a, you look at it from a Toronto point of view, you've just won the League Leaders' Shield. The only games that really matter for you now are the playoffs. I assume that the Wolfpack will be looking at it in a similar fashion where you, you're going to be preparing completely for the playoffs for those big games, similar to what Saints have done this week. It, it, it's an interesting one because um, I speak a lot to the coaching staff about that and you have that situation that you know where at the moment, look at it, it's a 16-game winning run mm -hmm. and actually we're a team that kind of demands success and, and continue to so, I think you'll probably find that we will carry on the journey because actually the minute you kind of take your foot off the gas is a worry for me, you know, because actually... It's hard to put it back on again, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, we, we lost the last game going into the playoffs last year, which is our only home defeat against Featherstone. And I'm not saying, you know, it was a tough middle eight, so I'm not saying that was a, a crucial factor. 
But I think we, you know, from all my discussions, the foot won't be taken off the gas. Mm -hmm. We, we want to maintain the winning run. What I would say, and it's probably kind of a, a, an issue that probably not a lot of people have seen. We've had recent games against some of our challenges, and they'll say, well, we didn't have our best two players. And against Widnes at the weekend, we were without six of our, you know, first team regulars. Mm -hmm. And actually, so the, the coach is cleverly kind of dealing with that. And although we have a small squad, you know, he's giving everybody a run. So, so we will be ready to deal with any scenario come those big games. But there's no doubt they're our focus. You know, I, I, I wouldn't suggest anything else, but that's, yeah, let's keep the momentum. That's what the coach wants to do. Martin, you've uh, got a Wakefield player next to you, so I'm sure your answer here might not be popular with him. But <laughs> I, after the results this week, obviously Wakefield lost to Wigan. Um, Huddersfield beat Hull KR to move level on points for Wakefield. We've said for a while it's a three-horse race. Then we said it's a four-horse race with Huddersfield. <laughs> Is it now a five-horse oh, race? no doubt about it. Yeah, the, it's, a, it's, it's a battle between, you know, Wakefield have fallen into it. And the, the point is that Wakefield have got a, still got a horrific injury crisis, of which Tinnerau is just one example. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in that sense, I mean, it does seem unfair, doesn't it, on clubs that injuries tend to determine position and, and how you perform. But that's just part of the game, I'm afraid. And you can't avoid it. Wherever you play rugby league, you're going to get players you know, going down with knocks of one sort or another. Um, but I think it's just a case of, you know, it's a tremendously exciting battle. I think London are probably still the favourites to be relegated. But, you know, Leeds, who would have imagined Leeds at the start of the season would be, you know, in, you know, on 16 points level with London and, and Hull Kingston Rovers and so on. I mean, it, it is a tremendously exciting situation for, for, for the game. Unfortunately, somebody is going to lose out mm -hmm. at the end of it. But I think the... The, the, the only compensation for them, in a sense, is that I think the championship is now such a good competition that falling yeah. into it isn't the disaster that it would have been a few years ago. Try and convince for, for, them for whichever club goes that way. Well, you you <laughs> yeah. can't convince them, can you? Yeah. But, you know, the, the championship is a great competition in its own right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, from what I hear, I think there are going to be some um, interesting potential broadcast um, agreements coming up for the championship in the future so I don't think it's a case of clubs are going to be cut adrift from Super League and it, you know it, it, it if we can get two real strong competitions you know the top two competitions that's going to be great for the game well Tinero it sounds like you might want to get relegated what's the what's the mood like at Wakefield at the minute Chris Chester he, he wears his heart on his sleeves in his press conferences I think every win you have is the best win you've ever had and the, when you lose it's the worst defeat you've ever had he, he was very downbeat after the defeat last um, last time out what are the players thinking right now? Yeah it's it's tough we'll be going through probably three months of you know out of form rugby mm -hmm. um, the players that have been injured take away Dave Fafita and Bill Tupo at one point those two are our highest meters mm -hmm. Um, highest maker meters last year, um, Matty Ashurst and myself, you know, we just do all the dirty work that we get paid to do. <laughs> um, and then Tom Johnson. So if you take away those handful of players that have been there for four years, the new players that come in, you can't really expect them to yeah. find a way overnight. Um, and I feel like the more they've been playing, the better, the better they're getting. Mm -hmm. They're starting to work for each other, start to play, starting to play for each other. The effort's there. 
It's just the results just aren't going our way at the moment. But you've got players playing with injury as well, haven't you? That's that's the other thing that you know. Danny Bruff has got a hand problem, which 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 looks pretty obvious, unfortunately, when you when you see it on the field. And you know, players are coming back perhaps before they should do, really. You know, because injuries have ripped through the squad and. You know, you, you get into the bare bones. It yeah. does, does that happen at this time of year? Players yeah, I think it's just other. because of the position we're in on the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're probably up near the top, we probably wouldn't rush them back. But because we're needing them so so early, mm -hmm. yeah, they're coming back maybe a week or two early, and they're not one hundred percent. But you know, it's rather we'd rather have them out there to do a job because you know, well, otherwise we're probably counting on the you know our young academy players to come in and fill those roles. So. Um, they are getting through it, and I hope that the more they play towards these last six games, that we get a couple wins here and there, and don't get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, there seems a sense of irony about it to me. When the Super Eights came, a lot of the clubs were uneasy about it because there was so yeah, much yeah. jeopardy. We're now in a so only four clubs were in jeopardy there. We're now in a position where there's five clubs in jeopardy. The first time we get rid of the Super Eights, yeah, yeah. there's just it's amazing, isn't it? In not for not for people who are involved in it, but it's amazing to I, watch as a spectacle. I, I, th I think the the great story in all of that is London Broncos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> underestimate that team at your peril. I mean, yeah. we we're a team that got beat to the, by them twice last year. We got absolutely. Did, did you underestimate them, Martin? I, I I feel what I would say to look about London. I, I I don't feel we were complacent. I kind of when I look back now at the million pound game, I look back at. Six flights in seven weeks. And yeah. I can remember being in Toronto looking at a very fatigued team uh, who kind of were struggling to find that last 10% you need in such yeah. a big game. What I would say about London, um, every time they came to Canada, they were so organised. No, no, they, they worked with us really well in terms of immigration issues. They made their own arrangements. Yes, we provide accommodation and mm. but they made their own things on t arrangements on top of that and they were a really well coached well organized off the field team you know shrewdly managed by their owner as well and and I just look at them now and actually this isn't kind of just something that's happened here they, they won away at Catalan they beat Wigan they beat Saints twice and others you know are in that relegation kind of situation they are a good team and I would say when people are, I, I keep hearing, but ultimately it'll be London. And every another week goes by, it'll be <laughs> London. I, I don't see that. No. I don't see that because I look at their fixture list and see them getting points. Yeah, okay. yeah. And the, the question is always going down. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. In the, I'm not going to disrespect any other club because it can't be an easy situation that, that they're in. And yeah, we developed relationships with some of those clubs around middle eights last year. And it's an horrendous kind of thing for them to kind of contemplate. But what I would say is the po big positive here is the Broncos under Danny Ward. And, and I, I think the sport has got to see that rather than kind yeah. of think, but they're going to collapse at one week yeah. this year. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the remarkable thing about Danny Ward is that when he took over, he was completely underestimated by most yeah, people. Yeah. Because most people sort of saw his history. Uh, you know, as an ex-player at Leeds and uh, academy coach at, um, at London. But because, he, because he's got a sense of humour and didn't appear to take life too seriously, 
people then think that means is probably not going to be all that great at the job, you know, which is ridiculous, actually. But people did think that. I remember, you know, Gary Schofield, our columnist, you know, when he took over, said they'd be 10th in the championship when they actually got promoted. I mean, Gary's obviously changed his tune a lot since then, as we all have. But, um, you know, it's, it's so easy to underestimate people who who sort of give an impression that they're not absolutely deadly serious about something. And actually that, that relaxed demeanor must be great if you're a player, because yeah. it, you know, you, it, 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 it just, for me, it would work, if I, were, if I were a player and Danny Ward was a coach, it would work really well, because I can't bear people who are over serious and yeah. who, 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 you know, who, who take everything deadly seriously. For me, that lightness of touch is a great thing. I don't know, T, what you would think about it, but, um, you know, I, I just admire, I admire him and I admire the yeah, club enormously. Absolutely. What do you think about that? Yeah, it just seems like he's got the players to buy into his system, into, into the way he works, and he's got all his players working for each other. You know, they don't really have any big name players, but it seems like when we play London or we watch them play, every single player is playing for the guy next to him, mm-hmm. and that's what you want in the team. And it's a coach's job to, to bring that out of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got smoked by them twice this year, and we've gone down and got our pants pulled down, but it was from a team effort. And, you know, you can never underestimate London. I thought I've, I thought they've done a great job this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, they are, you know, one to watch in these last six weeks. Just uh, to wrap this up quickly, Martin, if we're saying that London have every chance of staying up, who at this moment are you worried for in the rest well, of the Well, I think battle? all, I mean, I mean the, <laughs> the really weird thing is, that we've kept saying all year that, you know, London are really playing well, but they'll still probably go down, as Martin says. But the other team <laughs> that we've been saying the opposite of, Leeds are playing terribly, but they won't go down. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the more the season goes on, the more you think, well, they could do, because mm-hmm. it's, it's just not impossible. And, you know, they keep losing games narrowly. I mean, they lost by two points, I think, to London when they yep. came up to Headingley. At the weekend, they lost very narrowly to Hull FC. Um, you know, and if you keep, I mean, Le- Leeds have got quite a good points difference because they keep losing games narrowly, not by cricket scores. But, you know, if you keep losing games, even if it's narrowly, you're going to end up in, in danger. Their next game uh, is against Huddersfield Giants away, and that's going to be an absolutely crucial match. Here's the other thing, Martin, we've got about 90 seconds. August 9th is the transfer deadline. We don't think Leeds are in a position to strengthen any further. The other teams could strengthen. Do we expect them to strengthen? Yes, I think they will do. Um, whether it'll work or not, of course, is the $64,000 question. I think it's more than $64,000, well, to be probably. honest. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, Martin, I mean, you, you'll know that clubs are, are frantically scrambling to get stuff done, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I think what feels a little bit different this year is... is you, you make an inquiry about a player and all of those clubs have inquired, <laughs> as well as all of those clubs at the top of the championship. And, and my take on that is there's not a huge supply of players and there seems to be everybody chasing forwards at this moment in time. So I, I don't see a great deal of shift between now and the transfer deadline because there's actually a huge amount of clubs chasing three or four players, right. uh, and and that's just the way it is. And I, I, I get the impression from speaking to the, the clubs in that fight and at the top of that, that, that actually we're just going to get on with, it, with what we've got. And that's certainly our case, that's uh, at Toronto. You know, we, 
our, our, our team has got us to this point and we're going to keep it that way. Fair enough. Well, that's the first part of this week's Rugby League Back Chat wrapped up. After the break, we'll speak about Toronto after their league success and the Challenge Cup semi-finals. We'll be right back. You've spoken and we've listened. Rugby League Back Chat is available on podcast form from all your best podcast providers. If you're on a trip down the M62 or a flight to Toronto or Toulouse, download Rugby League Back Chat for the best debate inside Rugby League. Welcome back to this week's Rugby League Back Chat from the LD Nutrition Stadium. We're going to uh, grill Martin for a yeah. little bit. Uh, good luck. Uh, Toronto, you have just won the league. Uh, congratulations on that. There's obviously a bigger prize at stake. What, what's this year been like for the Wolfpack? You've got a new coach, new players. It's, uh, it's gone well so far. Yeah, yeah, firstly, Matt, I have to say, and certainly this is no commentary about previous coaching arrangements where I had a good working relationship there. But I've been... Uh, Brian McDermott's not a person that I'd dealt with personally before in my rugby league experience but I've had nothing but praise for the how how he's come to our club and the difference he's making um, a very professional guy a very honest guy um, seems to kind of have had this tough love with players uh, not quite in the way his reputation probably goes before him and says and I, I just he's been a real breath of fresh air for me to work with I have to say and uh, and the fact how he's kind of bought into the Canadian model, you know, if it was up to Brian, he would have had the Shield presentation absolutely back in Toronto, mm -hmm. you know, because he he has kind of got that bug in terms of the feel of that new experience when he goes out there and so on. But yeah, the experience has been a challenging one this year, you know, where uh, not many occasions you have like. Uh, a situation where a player doesn't get into the country because of visa issues and this we've had lots of challenges on the way but you must be an expert on immigration now uh, absolutely both <laughs> both with british rugby teams going to canada and and vice versa but what what i would say um the thing that i look back on sunday because i think that message from the football inside about nothing's won uh, is really clear in our camp uh, even more so, I would say, after last year's experiences. But the thing I looked at yesterday was with a great deal of kind of, uh, you know, for the game, it just filled me with so much kind of pride about what this club does for the game. Mm -hmm. Sunday's result was circulated to 40 million um, people globally. And, and actually three quarters of that circulation was outside of the UK. Mm. So it 30, must, so 30 million. 40 million. But, but three quarters would be 30 million 
outside so, of the UK. Right, okay. So, and when you look at it and you think, let's just take this in our stride here, but like actually the NBA champions have just gone to their two million kind of database and said, you know, let's go to Anto Wolf Park. And, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and actually, isn't that a cute, great thing for the game? Mm -hmm. And when Catalan did the Barcelona thing and, and everybody celebrated that, which was fantastic. Look at this, we've got the NBA champions celebrating we're winning the championship leader shield here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and and actually, I think as a club, not just this year, but in our history now, we can look ourselves in the mirror and say, we we do a huge amount for this game because we no love the game, and yeah. and you know, there's been a lot recently in recent months about us not talking up the game, and you know, people are too parochial and this, that, and the other. Well, I just feel like every club. Every coach, every fan has to look in the mirror and ask themselves some questions. Just, you know, what are you doing? Not just for your club, because there's some superb initiatives. Look, look at Wakefield, the fantastic community stuff that they do in Wakefield. It's fantastic. It's a, a club close to my heart in what they do. But what do you do week in, week out for the game? Now, Robert Elston has worked really well in kind of getting some kind of collegiate approach from the yeah. Super League clubs in terms of doing that. I just feel now we need to get into that space where, you know... Where eight, the, the fans... Yeah, 80,000 people watch that game on Sunday on Sky. And that's just in the UK. Yeah. Double it outside of the UK, because it's in Asia, New Zealand, Australia, Canada and America. We're, we're getting more people watching that game outside of the country than in the country. Now we've got to kind of do something with this platform. And David Argyle doesn't invest the six-figure sum he does in broadcast, because it's wholly funded by the Wolfpack. He, do, he, he doesn't do that just, be, you know, because it, it, it gives, gives him a thrill to do that. He's doing it because he's creating a platform for the game. And yes, it's been uh, a kind of an up and down year, maybe to some degree off the field. But I look back, I think, hang on, we've just won 16 games on the trot. Yeah. You, you, you know, and actually in a really, really tough league mm -hmm. where there is not one easy game. And if we beat Featherstone by two points or beat uh, whoever by six points, Witness by five points, that's because they're good teams. Mm. You know, and they have and they play their A game when they play us. So I'm really proud of where we're what, at. What's the long-term plan with the broadcast deal? Because everyone, that's the question that everyone seems to have. Well, it's great that it's been shown, but what, what's the point of it? So what is the point? Well, the, the point for us is the whole point of our investment in not just broadcast, but the heavy investment we have in digital and what we, what we do is about building eyeballs around Toronto Wolfpack and the wider game. Because ultimately, some, what American, uh, what North American kind of sport tells you, that, that where the money is, is around eyeballs, you know? And, and so actually, we're doing it this, at this moment in time with no return, you know, in terms of, we've got a great partner with Sky, mm -hmm. who certainly help us no end in terms of opening doors in Australia and New Zealand through their own, sister channels and what have you. But ultimately, we've always said our five-year plan was about building up that awareness. Mm -hmm. And what great awareness on Sunday when between the Raptors, the Maple Leafs, Toronto FC and the Argonauts, they put something out to their four million, four and a half million collective followers 
patting the wolf pack on the back. Yes. That's, that's where we wanted to be. You've, I, I actually saw a, a newspaper article a few weeks ago where I think all the Toronto teams played at the, at the weekend that they all won. Yeah. And the newspaper, I can't remember which newspaper it was now, but one of the major Toronto ones. And they listed all the teams and Wolfpack were included in that list. So you put in Wolfpack alongside the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jays, you know, the, the Raptors and all the other major teams. That's a real achievement, I think. It, it is. And it's, and look, and there's an X factor about the Wolfpack in Toronto. And the reason why there's an X factor about us, because we have the game's best asset at our disposal, and that is rugby league players. Mm. Because when I talk about looking themselves in the mirror as a sport and singing the praise of us, I don't level that at the rugby league playing fraternity. Our players are the game's best asset. So T is... T, T is the best asset because yeah. actually after every Toronto game, what happens for two hours after the game, not just our players, but the away team, as you've experienced, spend time talking to two fans. Now, actually, that doesn't happen in North American sport. No. You are somebody, when I was last over there, it was around the Raptors winning the NBA and there was two million in the city. And they were, they were, they're untouchable superstars, these people. A bit and, like soccer over here. Yeah, and we've got superstars in our game who they don't need telling about just being accessible and friendly and doing all the things that are excellent at. And that's our X factor when we're over there. And, and it, it's still, you know, I, I, every time I go over there, you know, so it's the Toronto Air Show coming up shortly. And there's a huge British kind of push on trade between the two countries. And the Red Arrows are part of the Air Show. Oh, we'd like the Toronto Wolfpack to be there with the, the Red Arrows. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you know, that's building. That's all I would say, that's building, man. So if you ask me about why invest in broadcast, it's because ultimately there should be a dividend at some point for the club. Mm. You know, and <coughs> most importantly, and it's the fact that we've all got to see here for the game. Yeah. What's, just, the, what's, the, what's the players' take on it? Yeah, I was just saying, it was funny you saying that um, about players interacting with their fans. You know, I'm close friends with uh, Ricky Latelli and yeah. Chase Stanley and I always see their social media and they're always after a game out with the fans, taking photos. And that's not only with player and fans, it's, they've got their families around them as well. Yeah, yeah. So they have that connection with the fans. Um, Dave Fafita and Paulie, we're waiting in the sheds for about a whole hour after we finish our games because mm -hmm. we always say that crowd surfing, but they're actually, <laughs> they're actually out there spending time with the fans, thanking them for coming. Yeah, yeah. And even the boys putting out tweets, you know, thanking our fans for coming after a win or a mm -hmm. loss. You know, it means a lot to the community, to the fans. Yeah. And it just gives them that attachment to to, that, to our game. You um you mentioned there have been some issues over the course of the year off the field. There's obviously been the the visa thing and, and various other things. With regards to the visas, let's just clear something up here. What what was the issue? And, and long term, is is that going to be an issue for the club or not? I, I think fundamentally the issue has been about our sports and our immigration administrators haven't got a clue how to deal with the transatlantic club okay. if 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 the reality is uh there's never been one uh they don't understand uh the reality of one so actually you know the fact that why can't they come in just this week and play take take this three-week period we're in now why can't after they played last week then go home to Canada for a week and then come back for Bradford next week. It's just a model that everybody's getting used to here. And 
it's hard work. I have to say it's hard work from an administrator's point of view because, you know, we've, we've had endless dialogue. And ultimately, with the case with Darcy, it was a situation where you can have as many meetings as you want, but when that player comes through that border control, somebody is going to make a decision on the day about something. And, and in fairness to a Home Office Border Force official on the front line, if you ask him about, do you know the kind of ins and outs of a transatlantic club? At that moment when Darcy Lussett comes through, probably not. And, it, <laughs> and a decision was made. Um, as has been proven since then, well, Darcy's, Darcy's with us now, you know, mm -hmm. so as it's been proven, hopefully that's a blip. I think there are things the RFL can help us with, mm -hmm. politicians can help us with, and so on. And maybe as, it's not just transatlantic teams in our sport. It's, you know, there's going to be a Washington team in, in rugby union, the South African teams in rugby union. It's going to be the way sport's going. And let's yeah. just hope at some point people catch things up. Do, do I absolutely, could I rule out something happening again? No, I couldn't, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, every time the guys come through Manchester Airport, I'm probably having that two hours just sat by <laughs> my phone. But, but it, I'd like to think now it's a blip mm -hmm. and, uh, and we are over those kind the, of things. The two other things <clears> I just want to cover that seem to be the biggest bone of contention with, with supporters mainly, Travelling supporters, they don't like the fact that you don't have a, how many UK, how many fans are you going to bring to a away game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's really a problem that you need to worry about, but nevertheless, what what's your take on that? Do, do you know what? When I talk about people talking up the game, I, I kind of hear about no away fans, cardboard cutouts in Toronto. <laughs> I hear about you, all the tickets are free in Toronto somewhere that emanates from somewhere mm -hmm. okay and like it might be fan banter but I've heard it from clubs I've, mm. I've heard it from clubs and and actually you know I wish people would kind of speak with the same enthusiasm around some of the stats I've just been saying do you think do you think Martin that part of our problem is in rugby league that we do have a pretty negative fan culture you know we, we do tend to see the word you know we're a glass half empty not are full sort of sport fans you know the fans in particular but some clubs as well will always look at the downbeat rather than the upbeat yeah i i think the thing we can change in that is we can change the club culture right with some of that and actually as teal know that in his contract will be something around pr and being you know, positive about Wakefield Trinity and everything else. To, to me, there should be that kind of one line in everybody's contract about being positive about the game. Because what I would say on that is, actually, let's take recent experiences. Halifax went to, Featherstone, uh, went to Toronto recently. And what I take great, you know, what I love to see, I can remember Tyra was on social media, extremely positive, as did other Halifax colleagues as well. But I've had experiences, however, they have been minimal, where I've had coaches of clubs criticise the experience. Mm. And, mm. and That was I, especially true in the early days, wasn't it? it? Well, still happening, still Even happening. Now, like, you, yeah. you know, statements like, I'm glad we're playing on an on-the-road game and not having to go to that place again. And, and I do feel like the fan will get a nugget from somewhere. Mm. And actually, 
I would say nine times out of ten, that's come from within the game. And it's not to kind of, I don't want people to kind of say everything's perfect, but, it, but I have to say the mentality of my club is to embrace the other teams. One of the important things that uh, I was told the other day, actually, was that the million pound game last year, obviously, although you lost, it was a disappointing result for you. But the, the crucial thing was that it was on Sky Sports. And I believe the Sky team, you know, um, all came out, yes, didn't they, yes, to, yes, uh, they did, yeah. to find out for themselves what it was all about. And I'm told they were blown away by the experience yeah. that, you know, it was they, they took quite a lot of persuading to come out there. But once they got there, they thought it was absolutely tremendous. And, and that's really quite important because, you know, ultimately, um, if we assume that you're going to be in Super League next year, probably we, we don't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse. But, you know, you obviously are the favourites to get promoted. Next year, I suppose, um, as I understand it, you won't get a share of the Sky broadcast money. As I, as I say, that's what I understand. But you will be entitled to any... The, the 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 money from any broadcast deal that you might get in North America, I mean, is is is, is that the situation? I'll tell you what, Martin. Answer that after the break. We are going to have to have a very short break, so hold right. that thought. We okay. will be back after a very short break to talk more about Toronto, Wakefield, and the Challenge Cup semi-finals. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Rugby League Bat Chat. So before the break, we would talk about Sky and how approval, the approval they showed, Martin. You were going to just touch on that. Yeah, Martin, you're exactly right. Sky did come out, uh, enjoyed the experience. And to be fair, we're really grateful how Sky have continued that relationship over this year. Um, going back to your point about what, what would be the Super League kind of conditions, we're at a very early stage with all of that, Martin. So... It's not a given that we would have the rights to non-UK broadcast. Right. Um, the issues about distribution, that certainly has been the precedent for the last two years that we haven't had any funding. Uh, but there's a whole host of conditions that we will have to kind of look at. R refreshing a view on logistics about how British teams get over there, the frequency of fixtures mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So so we expect, when I say we're at an early stage, those dis those conversations have got to move very quickly over can we the can we just month. clear up though if you earn promotion there's not gonna you're not going to turn it down as has been some of the suggestions you will be in super league next year if you win well the well our final. objective is to get to super league this year yeah. so so there's there's no no doubt with that um clearly we we feel as a club that the investment we've put into the game mm -hmm. need, needs to be kind of noted mm -hmm. uh, and 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 to be honest at middle eights last year we had great experiences when mike smith came out robert elston came out there and talked positively about it so we've no reason to think that won't be the case but we we think 
we would be good for Super League. We we feel in our short history we can now we can now show that that, that, that we're not just blindly looking at Toronto Wolfpack. We've kind of got the wider interests of what we do. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say, when I look at this year and thinking about broadcast, you know, some clubs have really grasped it. I don't want to have a negative view about you, you, you know the the clubs, the Swintons, the Batlers, who've grasped that day in the sun when they're on Sky. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, because whenever I've been, they've kind of got the corporate areas completely full on that day. You, you know, they're not saying to me, but you've only got 50 Canadian fans no. in there. On a personal note, every game I go to over here, I see another five or 10 Canadians who've flown in for the game. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, I absolutely kind of, I'm, I'm loving that experience. So it was the same at Witness. You just hear some Canadian voices and other people. So, so actually, they have got the means mm-hmm. to do this. And this will, you know, this yeah. will become less, less of an issue. I still believe we take more away fans than several other of our competitors in the league that we're in. <laughs> yeah. And the big thing is we certainly bring with us a far more numbers in terms of neutrals mm-hmm. uh, that are kind of quite intrigued by the Toronto kind of project. I just wonder, Martin, um, you know, obviously when you lost the million pound game last year, it was a bit of a blow, I'm fairly sure. But in with hindsight, might it have been almost a good thing that you spent a second season in the championship to sort of get everything honed because I mean you know to go straight from League One to Super League in two years would have been really challenging. I, I think I think it's a fair point Martin. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking very personally now but I can remember the dejection of that loss and the hour after that uh, that Hooter went you know personally it felt like a really difficult place but actually when I came out of that kind of cocoon of the changing rooms. And in, what, what I was met with was Canadian fan after Canadian fan, but what a good season we've had. Mm. We've only lost three games this year. <laughs> I and mean, I, that's crazy. Can you imagine that over here? I, I, and it was like, why is everybody down in the mouth? And, and I know the players were getting a lot of that and would have found that difficult. But I, I was overwhelmed by this, that actually, hang on, stop being so down in the mouth. These guys are loving this, mm. and they've actually seen su- the success we've had, and and we're really, really enthusiastic about the year after. Now, that was the personal lift for me. That mm. said, there's something here that you can't kind of put a handle on. There's something here that's a snowball that's gathering a lot of pace, and. Mm. And whether it's around the broadcaster being excited by the opportunity, fans or so on, when people have tasted that experience, it's gen- generally been a good experience. Yeah. For them, Do you think you will get a broadcasting deal in, in Canada or well, you know, beyond Canada next year that's, well, that's the, a profitable deal? At, at the moment, Martin, the, the British game has a broadcast deal with North America. And... The value of that is negligible. Mm. Uh, so if I was to say to you, could we get a, a much better broadcast deal based on our existence in North America? Absolutely we could, because, mm. because it's, it's not the greatest of deals that we have at this moment in time. So in answer to your question, yes, we can improve significantly on what we've got now. The numbers that are, are watching the game now in North America suggest that actually the broadcaster will be getting more interested now every season that's going by. But, but it's not just 
North America. The three highest viewed games last year in Australasia were the grand final, Leeds against Toronto, and Toronto versus Toulouse. Right. So there's, there's an interest in Toronto globally. It's not just about North America here, which is, must be a good opportunity for the game. We're so gonna, we're going to have to move it on, I'm afraid. Yeah. We've, okay. uh, we've already taken up a large chunk <laughs> of this uh, third part. Tia, I want to come to you. Um, first of all, how's the injury going? <clears throat> yeah, it's um, slow but steady. It's, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's sort of in my head. I'm just trying to learn how to walk again. Um, taking baby steps, you know, the ACL injury is uh, after surgery, it's a nine month recovery. So before I'm back playing, so mm -hmm. it's all about taking time and making sure I'm, you know, ticking all the boxes on the way. And you're uh, video blogging the whole experience. Yeah, well, you know, at the, when I first got injured, I just thought, you know, great, it's a great opportunity to start learning something different. Mm -hmm. um, I found that just making videos on my journey would keep me accountable, but also have that connection with fans um, and give them a little insight on my little journey. Um, Tom Johnson, a good friend of ours, uh, mine, um, he's done the same injury as well. So I thought, you know, he could jump on board and mm -hmm. it wouldn't just be my old boring face in all these videos. <laughs> and they, I mean, they've gone down quite well, haven't they? You've been putting them on, on YouTube and whatever else. I've, yeah. I've watched them and the people seem to be getting quite involved, very supportive. So after my first video, I. Um, we posted on the Wakefield Facebook mm -hmm. page, and um, I think over two nights it had 15,000 views. Fantastic. So I just thought, okay, maybe people are interested. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just keep it going. Um, yeah, I feel like social media is, you know, is growing definitely in mm -hmm. our game. As athletes, it's an opportunity for us to go direct to our fans instead of having to have that middleman. Um, so yeah, I just think it's a good opportunity for fans to have that little insight on our nine-month journey and um, have that little attachment to it. I imagine social media, while it's great in that sense, because you get the interaction, it, there can also be perils to it as well at times, certainly when you're going through a tough run like the boys are at the minute. It must be quite difficult for a player because some of the stuff you see is unsavoury, really. Yeah, I think it's, in my mindset, is just trying to not worry too much about what other people are thinking, mm -hmm. um, having that positive mindset. Now, I was reading a few of the comments after Thursday night's game uh, where Wakefield played Wigan, mm -hmm. and some of those comments were like real personal digs at some of the players, and I just got real frustrated. You know, we're more than rugby players. We're, we're fathers, we're, you know, we're sons. You know, we go home after playing rugby to our families, and some of those comments is, um, <clears throat> I feel like family, not only do we get affected, our, our circle, our families and friends get affected by it as well. So. We just got to stick to that mindset that you know we're more than just rugby players and stay positive. I guess for you as well at this moment in time, there's not a lot you can do about it, is there? It is. I guess in some ways, I guess some players would like to be out of the firing line at this stage of the season. Others just wish they could get onto the field and help the boys. I guess you fall into that second category at the minute. Yeah, it's a tough one because I, you know, rugby league for me, I just love the sport. I, I actually crave playing rugby. I've had. Probably <laughs> since my injury, I've had like five dreams of playing, <laughs> woken up disappointed, going, oh, I'm still injured. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I try and do my part at training. You know, I've pulled a couple of the younger players and done a bit of video and just try to give my little points um, where I need to be or try and try and help out where I can. Mm -hmm. But it is hard. Can I just ask you, when obviously a, an ACL injury is one of the worst injuries you can get in terms of the amount of time that you've going to be out of the game. When you actually suffer the injury itself, 
did you do you recognize immediately that that's what it is did, or did did you know did you just sort of do you get a bang on the knee and you think god that might just be a you know a bit of a, a shock but it it might not be serious but then is it only afterwards that you discover how bad it is yeah well so at the time i just felt a little pop on the side of my knee um a player you know tackled me used his body jumped on my legs my foot got caught underneath and just felt a little pop uh this is my first major injury so you know i'm me being myself i'm like ah oh, it's nothing i got up and walked off the field not knowing that i'd done my acl at the time so but when did you realize that it was what what was the point at which you were told it, it is an acl so the next day i got scans done and right. it wasn't until the results came in and i got the news and i bored my eyes out for about half an hour <laughs> but you did yeah yeah <laughs> you know getting told that you can't play for the rest of the year and we're sitting you know pretty well in the in the tournament at the time and you know it was just heartbreaking but you know it's a journey that I feel like I'm learning from, you know, little lessons and it's just going to be another obstacle that I'll come over. I suppose that's where your family comes in, you know. It's it's great to have a shoulder to cry on, presumably. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, my partner, my fiance Ellie, she's um, had to put up with me over my career and I think these last few months have probably been her hardest times where, you know, I couldn't walk and I'd ask her to go make me a cup of tea or something. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, One of the stages that you will be very envious of are the four teams that are playing in the semi-final of Challenge Cup this year. Um, there's some interesting games. You've played St. Helens, they play Halifax. Do Fax have the most minute chance of a cup shock or is it just impossible? Yeah, I think with Halifax it's, it's about enjoying this experience. Mm -hmm. You get to play the best team in Super League and going in there and just giving it your, your best. Mm -hmm. I feel like with playing for Wakefield, when I first came here, that was our mentality was, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter who we're playing, let's go enjoy the experience and give it our best shot. And I feel like if you have the team doing that, having that same mindset, playing for each other, mm -hmm. you know, anything could happen. You know, it's with Wakefield now, we're, um, we're probably at a stage where we're not doing so well and our fans aren't used to it. You know, yeah. we've been, successful over the last couple of years. But I remember before I came, they were asking me, you know, he's going to stay out of the million pound game. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's just having that mentality of just going there and doing your best. You know, I hope they do go out there and give it their best crack. Mm -hmm. I've got a good friend of mine that plays over there and I know that he's, you know, he'll be hard to stop, but you can't really see um, St. Holland's, especially after resting all their players last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going out there and not get, uh, not going away off the win. Man, the championship's been well represented in the Challenge Cup this year. Yeah. Uh, there's been some shocks, but this would this is a bridge too far, isn't it? It's the impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's look, uh, we first had the experience of Halifax raising uh, the game for big games, and uh, I can remember the first game of the Middle Eights last year when we played them at Halifax. It was a game that was only decided in in the last ten minutes, you know. Mm. So. With great respect for the Halifax club and you know some key players there, ex-Wolfpack players who who we know are quality players and could lift the game on the day and and yeah I think T's right if they're in that mentality of giving the best possible account for themselves see see where it goes from there you know it's to some degree I don't think they were fancied in the Leeds uh, the Bradford game uh, no. but that that actually team steal came through didn't it in yeah, the end it did. And, oh, yeah. and so there's something there that that, that the coaches got and and I know from talking to people around Halifax that 
they've been preparing for this game and this cup run for some time now. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, let's let's get them to do the championship proud. But undoubtedly, Saints are fantastic. Can I just ask you one thing, Martin? The you weren't in the Challenge Cup this year. Yes. Um, I assume because of this five hundred thousand pounds bond that you were asked to lodge. Would you want to be coming back into it next year? And, and given what you've said about broadcast, you know, viewing figures for Toronto, I'd have thought that if Toronto did get to the Challenge Cup final, that would probably break all records, actually. Yeah, putting aside whatever the kind of amount was that we're being, we've been asked for, we absolutely wanted to be in the Challenge Cup. Right. We, we, we have... An, all, we've enjoyed the experiences, even when we got 50 pass passes against Warrington last year. But yeah. actually, just to answer your point, but 500,000 people watched it. Yeah. So actually, we had <coughs> Warrington playing a championship side and 500,000 people watched it on terrestrial TV. But yes, in answer to your question, we absolutely want to be in the Challenge Cup. That's, that's uh, a hope and aspiration for us, for players, for the coach, uh, for, for ownership, it's just the thrill of being in the Challenge Cup is something we've got huge respect for the competition. Mm -hmm. And I said earlier about discussions about Super League, the Challenge Cup will always remain on our agenda as well. We, we hope it's just a temporary kind of stay away from the Challenge Cup. Good. Martin, I'll have to ask you very quickly, uh, Warrington Hull. An interesting game. Warrington have been a bit hot and cold. Hull are hot and cold generally. Who are we backing? Gosh, you know, I think this is a real hard one to call. I think, um, given Hull's attachment to the Challenge Cup in recent years, I, I think they could spring a result this weekend. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's going to be two or three points in it either way. I think Mark Sneed is a really important guy because if he's on form, his kicking game is absolutely magical. If he's not on form, he's a pretty ordinary player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the way, you know, the way he gets out of bed on Saturday morning is going to have a big influence on that game, I think. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, gents. A big thanks to my guests this week, Martin Seidler, Tinny Rauriona and Martin Vickers. Don't forget, you can get involved in the conversation too on Twitter at RLBackChat. But for now, bye-bye.